Hey, this is John from Blackwoods Tattoo. A little bit about myself. I've been tattooing for about 14 to 15 years now. Back then, I started out as a product designer, working a 9 to 5 job, while tattooing out of my bedroom. Now thinking about it, it was a good solid 8 years that I tattooed from home before I opened up my own studio, which is about 6 and a half years now. To me, tattoos are like milestones. They all tell the story. I like it especially when it's deep and meaningful to its owner. This podcast is about the stories behind my clients' tattoos and their experiences with events and life itself. An exchange of experiences and stories and of course, in most cases, most things are just a matter of perspectives. So I ask you, who is listening, to have an open mind and maybe we all get to learn a little bit something about each other. Who knows, some stories may inspire you. And with that, I hope you enjoy this podcast. So my name is Darby. I'm 28 this year. And, uh, you know, career-wise, I, I work as a crypto trader. Been doing that for the past five years or so. I think it's been a very interesting and turbulent time for the market. Um, but yeah, and outside of that, I think I, I'm really just uh, your average Joe, uh, you know, a dreamer. And really just, just trying to, to find out, to find my way in life. And, and yeah, just trying to enjoy each step of the way. Alright, well, you want to give us an, an idea of what uh, the tattoos that you have done, you know, with, with, with myself. And then uh, what does it represent? And then, uh, you know, maybe we can give them a bit more about that. Lah. Yeah, sure. So the tattoo I did with you, I, I thought that that outforce is my is my favorite piece up to today. I, I don't I don't have a lot of uh, tattoos like you know, altogether three uh, to this point. Uh, I do I do plan to extend more, maybe maybe have a full arm at some point. Um, but the tattoo I did with you, I, it was a very special one. I was very, uh, I, I would I would describe almost a pivotal time in my life. Uh, it's it's really just uh, it, it's a it's a peony. Uh, a flower, peony flower around, surrounding an eye uh, that uh, that has a teardrop at the eye. And the whole concept of it was that, you know, I was trying to describe to you that I would like to have, you know, kind of like thorns around it and to which you, you, you suggested an alternative line. You know, instead of having like thorns around and stuff, why don't we do sharp branches that would kind of mimic and represent those thorns but in a in a in a lot more smoother way that would fit the picture yeah so it's in my uh, my inner arm and and yeah um so i i think the the tattoo at that point you know it represented to me a lot of uh how i felt uh in my life i think at that point how, how old was i even I, I can't remember uh yeah i guess around yeah 20 plus i think i was like midway through to at the end of uni maybe or my starting of work. I, I, was start, I started work already. Yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, to me, you know, it's uh, it's the combination of, of the eye and the flower and the tear uh, kind of represented a lot of um, just life in general. Yeah. The flowers really was, was a representation of, you know, just the beauty of life. And, and you know, I, I'm someone who is, I, I would like to say passionate about life. Um, someone who, who likes to who loves life lah, loves people, loves life, and 
And yeah, I know to me the, the flower represented that. And the eye was was kind of like an, in a very inner way, my search for meaning, my search for purpose, uh, my search for whatever it is you know, that, that it was I was searching in life. And the tear really represented uh, the sadness that came along with all of these search, uh, even within the beauty of everything that we have and you know that, that we experience. But at the same time, it was also a dichotomy because, you know, when you are really happy and joyful and you experience something that touches your heart, you also tear. And, and that, in a very positive way, also represented, you know, yeah, you know, the happiness, the, the deep happiness and joy that you get in just the experience of life in itself. So yeah, you know, putting all together, um, yeah, it, right, it's just, it's life. It's life, yeah. The beauty, the sadness, the pain. Oh yeah, the the the, the thorns or like the sharp branches are supposed to represent the pain. Yeah, so all of these come together and, you know, a re really, really beautiful peace. Yeah. Bro, you mentioned about you are a very peace-loving person, right? Like, how did that happen, man? Like... Good question. Yeah, I, I guess it's something that I I do wonder as well. But maybe if I can put some some points in my life together, it would be... Really growing up, um, I I think I, I come from a family with three uh, two older brothers, so three boys in the family. You can imagine that it would be quite chaotic. I I, I come from a from a very stable background family. Um, you know my parents are around and uh, they are very they've they've instilled in us a lot of you know brotherhood kind of energy and principles as as we grew up. But uh, my my both of my elder brothers are a lot more chaotic personalities than I am. Uh, my oldest brother is seven years older than myself. My second brother is four years older than myself. So I think as the baby coming out you know, in the family and just in a way of observation, how uh, it, I, I think just by nature of just being with my brothers and in, in this family, I, I kind of became sort of like the, almost like the kwaikia of the family. Okay. Right? So my, my eldest brother is is a uh, super goal driven, you know, uh, do everything he can to to reach what he what he must do kind of thing kind of person. Uh, my second brother is a lot more uh, chaotic, you know, can't really fuck around with authority kind of guy, and and so then that that became me, right? I became that guy who was like, if I saw my brothers fighting, I'd be like, hey, go, hey, why are you fighting? Can you all, like make peace? You know that kind of yeah. So I and I just kind of ended up taking on that role of being the the peacemaker in the family, um, and I think that just that just really translated more into my life, and yeah, it just made me a really I would like to think of myself as a level-headed person, very calm personality. This this even like 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 transcends into all your your friendships and and everything else. So like this whole peace-loving kind of like. Oh yeah, yeah. I I would I would think so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I think my some some of my friends call me like a dead bear. Okay, you know, yeah. So I'm, I've always been always had that role of being that that uh, I mean, fatherly figure is a bit weird lah. But I mean that that like uh, but you la. you get what I mean like, You know that, that kind like of the glue of the, the, the yeah exactly okay. exactly yeah. So always sort of like kind of like level headed. Um, you know, if you want perspectives that are as best as possible, objective and and you know, uh, logical maybe. Then I've always played the role of being that that person to to listen and to try to like kind of 
be logical about how to go about things. And, and being there for friends. Well, oh yeah, yeah, friends, absolutely. Right? I think this is your, your, your thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Is, is there any like, uh, you mentioned uh, off, the, off the podcast, right? Like there are things that you, you know, you were, when you were younger in your secondary school days, they taught you philosophy and everything. Uh, is there a particular philosophy that really sticks with you that you really hold true to yourself? Yeah, so, I, yeah, I mean, as we talk about, you know, kind of like being uh, sort of very peace-loving, very people-loving, I think one of the things that I've really, really stuck, held on to, uh, you know, in whatever sayings that I've, that I've sort of like internalized and all, I think the one that really sticks out to me is, uh, you know, a life that's, that's lived for others is a life that's worth living. And that's something that has, I would say, you know, kind of shaped my entire framework of life and the way that I've built my life uh, in this short span of life that I've lived. And yeah, to me, it's it's a lot about, about the people around you and being able to not even just value add to people, but almost just being present for people. I think that is something that, that we often uh, don't realize that all you need to do is be present. And and yeah, I, I, I try, I guess, to, to do that to the best of my ability, uh, just to be present for my family, for my friends. And and yeah, you know, it, just, you know, just, just be there. Yeah. Bro, if, if you are not in this line, right, let's say your whole cryptocurrency thing, right, what... Will you be in your ideal world? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I always you know as a kid I always kind of like dreamed. I won't say maybe not dreamed, but I, I I think I would be definitely not in the finance industry. Okay. Yeah, I think I'll be a lot more in in touch with like people, society, kind of kind yeah, of industries. Kind of stuff. Could be. Could okay. be, yeah. I, I mean, as a kid, as I saw documentaries on, um, you know, people who created foundations to help people overseas and all these kind of things, like there, there has always been, uh, like, almost like respect, you know, for those people and like, and in in maybe in a very young spirited and young and you know enthusiastic kind of, um, innocence, right, mm-hmm. wanting to. Play, be able to play that kind of role in in the world and like for the people around me somehow some way um but at the same time of course understanding as you grow up you know that so many things are actually so complex right right uh, even if you hear so many stories of people who are overseas and foundations and there are, there are a lot of ugly stories as well so you realize that not everything is so black and white but yeah i, I guess in like you know if i if i were in another industry yeah, I, I don't. I, I will be quite entrepreneurial. I think. Yeah, I'll be doing a lot of different things. I've always and I've always loved F and B, like like any other Singaporean. Uh, I, yeah, I, you know, one of my dreams has was always to become a a ramen chef. Ramen chef. Ramen chef. Yeah. Why? Why so? I mean, what's the thing that intrigues you? I, I, to me, it was like just like the simplicity of like a bowl of noodles, right? And really, everything that gel. I mean, all the ingredients that go into it are so important, even though they are so simple. And the soup, even though it's like, you know, just water, right? But there's so much encapsulated in, in that bowl of broth. Lah. And I think I was really captured by the, the idea of like the tasty simplicity and how much effort it takes to perfect even just a few elements, putting like putting them together. 
And yeah, I know. And I, I, I even had this phase during army where every time I come out on weekends, I definitely eat ramen at least once this or twice. This is one of your favorite things to... My favorite, bro. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, bro. I mean, like, that's, that's, that's something that is, is, is quite quite uh, unique. Like, you know? <laughs> like, say, I want to be a ramen chef and and everything like that. But that's, that's very cool, man. Respect that, that idea. I think uh, F&B also is... I think it revolves a, a lot around people also, right? Yeah, sense. absolutely. Absolutely. So maybe that's the reason why also I think, like, you, you, you tend to gravitate towards more of that. Yeah, that yeah. I, I, would, I would think so. Yeah, I think that that idea and that picture in my head of, you know, just owning a space and having people enjoy your food and being able to, in a way, perform for for people, right? And and to see them satisfied with uh with something that you've created, I think that is that's a beautiful thing. That that is actually very interesting, you know, like like uh, how come there's this will to serve, you know, like or like uh, be there for people. And uh, wanting people to live their happy moments or like their best moments, you know, like it's it's a very giving thing. I I don't think I have that much in me, but it's interesting to explore your 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 mind or pick your mind. Right? How come, like, why is that so? You know, like, why why is that value so like you hold it so close to you? Well, the truth is, I actually actually don't know, man. I mean, if you, I guess there are many layers to it, lah. You know, I think just um. For me, I had the, always had the example of my dad, who, who's I I would think that his love language is you know a service and and just being able to help people. Uh, so I growing up, uh, my my dad has, was very involved in just being there for myself and my brothers. Um, not one to like sit down and like HTHD and come and comfort you that kind, but like. Is that kind of be like, oh, you know, you need a lift to school. Uh, I'll make sure I can uh, make time for you to to give you a lift, or like, you know, if like a light bulb get blown, he be like, he make sure everything settled out team before you come home. And I think that kind of service, um, really, at the very foundation of it, like, you know, translated into me really understanding like, like yo, you know, this is actually his expression of love. And after internalizing that, realizing that. That like, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to to be of service to people. I think at the foundations of that. I mean, of course, there are so many layers to this. Yeah, I mean, I also come from a religious background uh, as a Christian. Uh, I think you know the whole idea, Christianity is like centers a lot around servanthood. Uh, you know, and I I think you know intrinsically all these kind of things kind kind of sipped into my life, and just gave the almost almost in a you know divine or in a just a very majestic way the idea of just being out there and being of service to people um yeah it's, it's, it's hard to explain really it translates to happiness for for you right? oh yeah absolutely absolutely it's, it's interesting like like that 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 uh sense of giving you know like hopefully someday you know i can learn a bit of <laughs> like, like like that like. i think it's a, a, a very beautiful thing, right? Because I think, uh, coming back to like, what, what is life, right? To, mm. to you, right? Like, uh, is this experience about, or what is it about? Like, serving others, it, it seems to be one of your main core things that, that holds your, your value system. Like, it's one of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, would, I would definitely say that it's, it's at the core of my, of my entire being. La, you know? Right. Let's, let's talk about you know uh, some of your other 
previous pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, I noticed you got a lion done by Elvin. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what was that about actually? Like, so that was my about? very first piece. Uh, actually, I, I had a absolutely like different idea initially when I started. Uh, I can't even remember what my first idea was. I wanted like to have like doves and like you know like clouds and all kind of stuff on my on the arm, and and then after that, uh, as I was talking to Elvin. I realized actually, you know what? I'm just gonna do a much simpler piece, lah. So it's just a a realism piece of a lion uh, with a with a huge mane, just staring out into wherever he's staring out into. And I, to me, I that's actually in a very uh, innocent way. It was it was uh, influenced and by by the story Narnia, right? Because uh, that was one of the first chronicles that I read as I was growing up. And it was... I really enjoyed that story. So the it came from the third book called uh, The Horse and His Boy. Not not many people are aware of this book unless you've read all seven books. Because it is the most boring one. Uh, and it's the, it's the one that didn't come out on film for a good reason. La. But I think as I was reading that one, it was um, it was very touching la, for me. Very meaningful. Because it was about this the idea of if if any of you know uh, uh Aslan, the, the main character in Anya, right? He there's this boy and his horse, uh, or rather the horse and his boy. They were journeying through this this whole series of journeys. La. And there was this lion that was always kind of like there, that would appear in the most like timely manner at the most needed time um, and yeah to somehow save that boy or to just be there for that boy and I think one of the most meaningful parts of the book was when the horse and his boy were, they were walking down uh, you know I think the, a ridge or something in, in pure darkness and the boy could feel like a breath like a warm breath on his right or could have been on his left but only on his side and not realising that the lion was actually there you know, walking with the boy and his the horse and his boy, uh, and you know that that actually was in a very uh, clear representation as when C. S. Lewis was writing it, right? Was the lion representing uh, God or the Holy Spirit, and just that omnipresence and that yeah, just just that presence that that lion had with the horse and his boy, and to me that was at that point you know an extremely meaningful, uh, symbolic kind of thing. And you know, with my religious background, yeah, I it just it just became a thing, like like it's like, wow, okay. Um, how would I like to represent this sort of like call it peace, call it omnipresence or whatever that I feel in my life? Uh, how would I like, like to represent it? Or oh, actually um, that's why I wanted to have doves and stuff. Because doves is like, you know, a very uh like standard representation of like uh, like heaven and kind of stuff, right? Yeah, but I, I decided like, you know what, actually Actually, the lion would be would be most representative uh, to me, yeah, and that's why I I did like a a simple lion piece la, on my arm. How do you think like tattoos are a representation of uh of one's identity, right? And uh, is it uh acceptable in this day and age? And uh, is is there an importance to it? Oh yeah, definitely, man. I I think the way I I view it is, and I think everyone would agree, right? It's it really is an outward representation of, 
of uh, you know in a way almost like who you are I think like in the way that you place piece the tattoos together place them or what kind of design do you want permanently on your body you know I think all these things uh, even if it's done in a haphazard manner you know without much thought that in that in itself is a representation of of your thoughts and like who you are right and I think to me yeah if anything I, I think it's Everyone should get a tattoo. <laughs> like, it's a deep representation, right? And of course, it runs so much deeper, like in, in society and culture and everything. And of course, if you if you would talk about the symbolism of tattoos, even way back in, in history, uh, people will get tattoos of, of like idols or like tattoos of, uh, you know, animals that will represent their culture and stuff like this. So, I mean, we can't deny the fact that that tattoos are representations of so many things that are so deep and so big. And, but I think in today's day and age, and definitely getting widely more accepted, it's, it really it becomes a self now. Like, you know, the, the being, the ego. And, you know, almost in a way of helping you to outwardly show that in a very subtle way, or sometimes not so subtly. Or to just help you even to f structure the way that you think or, you know, could be milestones in your life. I think in so many ways, uh, tattoos are so important uh, in, in, in that way of sim symbolism and represent representation. Interestingly, I was, I, was in, uh, I was recently in Japan for holiday and I was having a chat with this uh, Japanese dude at, at, some cafe, at some bar. And I, he was asking like, oh, have you been to the onsen? So I was like, I told him like, oh, but I got tattoo. Like, like how, how do I go, right? Yeah. And I would really like to. And then he was, he looked at me and then he smiled. He was like, he was like, fuck the Japanese got old way of thinking. You know? Then I was just like, oh, okay, okay. And He's a Japanese himself. He's right? Japanese himself. Okay. Then he told me, he was like, hey bro, just, <laughs> he actually said it in Japanese. We were talking through Google voice conversation. Okay, well, yeah. Okay. So it was really cute. And then he was, he was just saying like, he said, just go to the onsen and just don't tell them you have tattoo. Just walk in. So I was like, bro, how how the how do you expect me to do that, man? But like, but I think it's interesting. And he was just saying how like his a lot of his friends, uh, especially the younger people, even even if it's even if their parents don't accept it, even if at this point still widely not accepted in society, um, you know, it's it's still some it's something that is becoming a lot more prevalent and slowly slowly a lot more accepted, right? You no, know, even in in a in in a country like this that is that has a much deeper uh, culture against tattoos in society. And yeah, it's, I think it's just such a nice thing to be able to see that there's something like this is slowly seeping into, into you know, our lives. Are, are, are you a traditionalist or are you against the new, like, like for the new things? Oh, I, I am. I'm absolutely for the new things, man. I, uh, I, I can't say that I'm a traditionalist. Maybe, I mean, okay, I, I do appreciate like culture. I do appreciate origins and how things have come to be. In that way, I guess you could say that I am a traditionalist, right? Right. And almost in some sense, like like even even our own background. I, I'm not proud of saying that I that I don't know my own heritage very well. Okay. I can't even speak Mandarin very well myself. <laughs> And it's just an ACS thing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's uh, sad but true. <laughs> and it's like, I would really like to, 
like you know even go to go all the way down to, to China or something right. and, and understand more about about where my you know my uh I'm supposed I'm supposedly Hainanese okay uh, yeah I know where where all these things come from stem from you know uh, whether there was a much bigger ancestry behind that kind of thing uh, in that way I, I, I appreciate like you know and the, the whole tradition of that that the sort of meaning right but at the same time I think we we naturally as as a millennial you know you you appreciate change you appreciate right. things that are moving fast and and I can't I can't really imagine a life that that is any way else actually and but growing, right? yeah exactly also but at the same time you know I, I think it's it's a lot of conflicting things right mm. um but by the same time it's also like being as we are growing up you also see like okay now there's gen z and all these, yes, all these kind of yes. things coming up right and you kind of realize why your parents or the boomers uh react in certain ways that you do uh react in certain ways that they do uh towards like the, the yeah the way that the things that we grew up with then you're like sometimes you question like what on earth is this fellow doing or thinking <laughs> right, right? right right yeah and, and i'm just like okay i can i can see it but like you know gotta consciously like tell yourself that no, I okay, gotta appreciate this change. Like you know, this we are becoming the boomers in some sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is uh the Gen X? Is it Gen X first, then us millennials, then the Gen Zs, right? Boomer more. Gen X, uh, Gen millennials X, Gen Z. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah. So the Gen Zs are the Gen X's kids, most most likely. Yeah, yeah, Gen X's yeah. Kids. Okay, so there's that that skip right, in between that. Yeah, exactly, generation. exactly. Yeah. Where where do, where do you see the world going, bro? Right, like uh, from your perspective, lah, of course. Yeah. Like uh, in these new changes and everything to like self-expressionism, uh, being so expressive about things, uh, where do you see it going and do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Well, this is uh this is also a loaded question. I I don't think I've ever really thought about that, you know. Um but I guess at, at face value, I would say that self-expressionism is is definitely something that is important. I think there are so many things that we are aware of now. I mean all the way from like, you know, mental health to right. uh, LGBT. Right. Uh all, all these kind of like right. more touchy topics, right? Right. That I mean, honestly, they're only touchy because the the older generations couldn't deal with it. Yep, so now as we are dealing with it, yeah. it's like we are dealing with the older generation plus the newer generation. And that's why Makes it's touchy. Sense. And it doesn't need to be. So, and because it doesn't need to be, I guess, you know, being able to self-express in, in a safe and open manner is, is such an important thing. The, 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 the thing is, it's so tricky because, or rather, it's, it's so, it's, it's quite hard to wrap my head around it because all these all these things that we talk about today they've always been prevalent in history mm. right all the way from you know, if you look into like even Roman or Greek history right, and everything right. you will see like LGBT and everything right. right so then it's like why it's so strange that humans have never really you know touched on it and be o- been open to it all this time and and yeah you know it, it's just I guess in a way, it's, it's it's nice to see people opening up, you know, being able to, to, to come up and be themselves. I think that 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 is the key of it, like you know, just people being able to be themselves. So I I think the the society now also has become more explorative, lah. Maybe mm. in our generation, you know, uh, uh, I think we feel it more because we are in between the. The, the the boomers gen and then the 
the Gen Zs also, right? So I, I guess we are caught up in between and, and the, the world now is very explorative. We haven't like like found out what is truly right. There's so many different uh, perspectives uh, and vast amount of opinions, right? And uh, it's, it's just really like to select which is... Uh, or which do we prefer and, and which do we stand by, you know, like in some sense. Um, so in, in, in this day and age, right, how does uh, things affect the previous structures, right, or the current structures that we have? And, and what, what do you think about uh, that in that sense where if things are shaken up, how chaotic will society be? Can we still uh, function uh, as a whole? Because uh, there are things like, let's say, um, even in the LGBT things, right? There are like, what about NS, for example? Mm. What about uh, these kind of structures, for example? You know, like, can we bunk all the boys in one bunk? Uh, just an example. Can we, um, you know, train everybody like how they should be trained? Mm. Especially when we, now we got these uh, pronouns, right? And uh, how does that uh, differentiate? Everyone, everyone just want to be very uh, unique or independent in some sense of their own thoughts and ideas. But how can we play a part in the bigger role? Mm. Well, I think okay, yeah, on 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 the aspect of you know whether as as the world shakes up as as things change and you know we we do see a lot of things changing. Like I I mean to me it, it is my belief like like you know in in history and not that I'm I'm very deep in history or anything, but like. I think the human race in itself has has gone through so many cycles of like you could call it death and rebirth like you know um or in in the reflection of war in the reflection of just uh you know the the rise and fall of of countries and kingdoms and even in in the way that religion has has evolved over the years or uh just ideologies and thoughts and cultures right and I think humans have a strange tendency to to create chaos and and then adapt to it, and it kind of keeps happening in cycles. And I think interestingly, like if you see in like even in warring cycles or like societal cycles or economic cycles, there's always a some sort of pattern of of like a cycle, like you know. And it seems to be something that we as a human race just can't escape, right? But I guess there's, there is in that sense of of uh, us always being in cycles, also always being able to adapt to all the new changes, all the new, uh, you know, the rise of a different ideology and, and some sort of thought structure, you know, some sort of philosophy. And, and yeah, and just kind of be able to move forward and just get on with life, right? So, yeah, I mean, in, in, that, in that sense of like, in the, in that whole narrative, I guess you know, our role 
I think or you know, in just very personal perspective of of everything that's happening, you know. And again, everything is so touchy and you know, every sensitivities are way up there. Right? You you could say something and get absolutely cancelled. Even if your intentions were all all perfectly well. Right. And and I think that's really scary to deal with. Um but I think everyone can just uh can just I guess be I don't know, be respectful and and, and just be considerate of, of everything out there. On on all ends, I think for people who 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 you know who don't know what's going on, it, it is kind of prudent to to know as as we go along. And for people who know, need to understand that you know, not everyone knows everything or so, you know. You can't, you can't be all sensitive about everything, right? If I accidentally say something that isn't you, like you, you know, right? You, but who, who give me some chance. This, who, huh? who justifies the, the morals that we all have, you know, like, uh, based on what I've learned on, or like observed from this mob mentality, right? It is more like uh, we have to find an area that we all can agree on and uh, all our morals can agree on, and people who are behaving like immorally or, or whatever that is, right, uh, needs to be cancelled because they don't belong in the society uh, or like they cannot function together with us in uh, the same society, uh, the same headspace, whatever. Um, but isn't that uh, bully culture also, you know, in, in some sense? That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is a, a, a valid perspective, uh, I, would, I would think. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, there are a lot of, um, especially after a lot of these things have happened, right? You know, uh, all the way from, from like, you know, the whole cancel culture to the Me Too movement and all this kind of stuff, right? And in that same way, it's, it's kind of like the propagation of, of uh, that domino, that, what, what you call that? Uh, that the online domino effect kind of thing. Yeah, you know. And, yeah, I, I think it's it's just it's interesting that you would say that it's uh there's bully culture. It definitely has the elements of it. Right. And again, you know, in that same way of like how how um how humans have just always been humans. I don't think we're ever gonna break out of that of the cycle of being right. human, right? Yeah. And yeah, at any point of time I, I don't think anyone just people just don't really know what the hell they're doing in life at every stage of uh, you know the this, way, yes. this time and history yeah. or whatever it is Agreed. yeah you, you wouldn't know because you're experimenting right then yeah we have exactly to, like grow and uh, or like uh, experience more things uh, in some way that uh, we if we are deprived of those experiences then maybe we are not able to grow towards that that, that understanding or grow another perspective of, of what uh, the things are yeah, yeah, exactly. I completely point. agree with that. Yeah, you know, things things come and as as they do and and like, you know, it's one of those things again that we, we just really can't control, man. Yeah, can't you know, control, right? Yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, we just kinda take it one step at a time. But what what if, let's say, right, what if uh this is society's morals, this is your morals, right? Both do not align. Hmm. And I will find myself in a very difficult spot, man. Um. Okay. I, for me, I I I guess I I do have the privilege. Uh, if you want to call that, 
a privilege in, if it is uh, of of being uh, I won't say in line with with societal morals or in line with governmental morals or whatever it is but uh, but also being somewhat nonchalant about it I think I think if in, in, in my perspective right if, if I'm doing if who I am if what okay if if me being me is just you know just just enjoying my life and and just having fun with my friends and and enjoying the experiences that come along then I'm never really going to find myself in a place where, where I'm like caught at the corner of a moral dilemma I guess in, in a way okay so yeah. far I haven't yet like, like have, Thank, have thankfully not la. I mean okay, not, okay. Not, not in any critical sense la, <laughs> okay, you know okay, okay. but maybe it's like I don't agree a with a little bit bigger yeah la. La. <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. So, so, so how how do you do it then like then like being nonchalant just just ignore it first yeah I, mean, I think yeah for me because like again like, I, I, I carry on this whole like you know calm just keep calm and move on kind of a demeanor right and and it almost almost like a philosophy to my life um yeah you know for me it's just to in a very practical sense it's like a it's like a tr- you avoid what is unnecessary where you can of course when you need to stand up for something that you believe in or to protect somebody or you know or to voice out something that is clearly an issue uh, you have to do that. You have to confront what you need to confront. But otherwise, you know, uh, you like, yo. I mean, you go and see like our netizens making comments on this and that. I think a lot of these things are, are unnecessary. Uh, yeah, you know, is that fine line, right? Is will you call it an expression of thought? Uh, will you call it uh, self-expression? I think there are, you know, kind of like fine nuances and fine lines to these kind of things, and where it doesn't benefit, uh, you know, in a way the universe or I, I guess in a very utilitarian narrative, if it doesn't benefit the people around you or like society or whatever it is, then sometimes it just doesn't make sense or so lah. Yeah. So I, I think for me, it's just uh, almost in a, yeah, in a practical sense, right? I, I do what I need to do and I stand up for what I need to stand up for. But where I don't need to like stick my head out and and you know just and be a sore thumb, I also won't be la. Mm, yeah. Okay. Okay. Makes a lot of uh, sense also la. I think it's a very good perspective because it coming back to that that peace loving nature. Oh yeah. Like less drama, the better. Like, kind of, yeah, in, yeah. In a way, yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> did Did any any drama find you before, and then like how do you handle it? Yeah, I. In fact, I. I would say that in, in more in recent years I, I have found some some drama. Or rather drama has found me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like you know, it's, it's something that I've I've never really uh had to deal with before in my life. Uh yeah, I I mean growing up for me in school and everything, I, I've hardly had any drama with, with any people, any friends. I think if if it's, you know, if it's uh, awkward to talk about, sometimes you just kind of forget about it. If it's clearly an issue that you have with someone who is every day in your life, then you, you deal with it, right? Right. Yeah, but I think I, I had to learn in in, in you know, recent time uh, the idea of growing up and 
you know, keeping people whom you value really close uh, and understanding that there are people in your life whom, like, you know, definitely at one point, you loved, you cherished, and you valued, also walk away from your life. Right. And, and in a very unfortunate and sad way, I have had to experience that, uh, yeah, you know, in recent time. Mm. And, but at the same time, it's also been like a real learning experience. Uh, like, I, you know, okay, there are all those YouTube videos of, of people who uh, video themselves saying like, oh, uh, what were not 20 things that I've told myself like maybe 20 years ago that kind of thing okay. and there was this one video that I saw in, in passing and this guy talking about the idea of of a friendship and how it's like it's okay to lose your friends it's okay to to you know experience mm. pain people come and go right that's just one of the many things that he mentioned about right. but I think it, it really resonated I guess in this time of my life and and then another friend also like sent me this New Yorker post about again friendship, right? And it, some of the points that you mentioned was was really meaningful, lah. Is is the idea of inorganic effort? Inorganic and, effort. Yeah, inorganic effort. Okay. And uh, the power of just like little appearances in someone's life. Mm. Yeah. So even that the little like hey you know just just you just came to my mind you know how are you right or like yo you know like we're having for lunch today. No, that, that kind of little appearances, you know, actually can translate into to something a lot more. Yeah. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, the inorganic effort to to meet somebody, to right. to you know, just keep someone close, to be updated with somebody. Uh, you know, not in any real forced sense, mm. but you know, an effort is an effort. Right. Right. So yeah, you know, so for me it's like having to have dealt with uh this very new, but also also very uh, enlightening, la, you know. Uh, the, yeah, that's the idea of, of uh, having a, a, a close friend, uh, you know, sort of like depart from my life. Mm. And yeah, just dealing with the loss of that and coming to terms with the idea of that. And and also, you know, just looking back and saying like, yeah, I mean, it, it's a chapter closed, but a chapter that was there nonetheless. Mm. Yeah. In, in this phase, right, what... what uh have you reflected upon man, about, about yourself? Mm. Anything you learn about yourself from, from this? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I think, you know, yeah, I mean, in, in, in a, I consider myself lucky to have had, you know, a comfortable life, right? With a lot of friends around me, uh, a lot of love, really. And, but I think experiences like this kind of help you to deal with who you are as a person and, you know, kind of, question help in a in a okay in a positive way you know question myself as to like who am i and like you know in in the lives of the people around me and who and who am i in my own eyes and understanding that everything that i've done up to this point has always been you know hindsight always 2020 20, right by the moment i've only been able to do the things that i thought was best you know for that moment so kind of really understanding, uh, going through that thought process of understanding myself and, you know, in, in that way, kind of like finding myself a little bit more and understanding that, yo, you know, I, I, am, I am me, I'm doing what I'm doing and that's just me lah, you know. Right, I, people can accept you for who you are. Exactly. If not, they just say, you know, I'm like... <laughs> exactly, you know, like, you know, like, like being unapolog- unapologetic about it. 
Yeah. Right, right. I think that's that's very uh true. You know, I, I last time I think I used to struggle a lot with with that in my younger mm. days also. But I think growing up, uh I I think it's really morals la, that 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 if we align, right, then we can be friends. Mm. You know, to to me, I got this cut off now. <laughs> like like is is that the extent is like, you know, if uh, I can I can respect where you come from, but uh I don't necessarily agree la, with, with, with some points, example. But uh, as long as we can click in terms of like morals, morally wise, I think that's the most important to me. Then you have, uh, I have your back. You know, you have my back, I have your back. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. The, the, the difference. La. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but dealing, I think dealing with loss is definitely not the easiest uh, thing to do. So, because like... Uh, there's, there's going to be this emptiness there and, and it's, it's never going to be the same again, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the, the this unfortunate set, set truth of it. Yeah. But uh, I, I guess we all, uh, I have I, I think I did believe this thing of people that will stay in your life will stay in your life. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, yeah. That's, that's one, th- one thing I really hold true to myself. Like, it's meant to be, it was meant to be. <laughs> it's not meant then. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you on, on the end, you know. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, like you know, it, it is what it is, right? It is what it is, yeah. Uh, in in the past many years, I think all the way from, um, okay, maybe context would be that I, I had a really long relationship, uh, when I was younger, like since sixteen years old. Okay. Uh, so that was my first girlfriend. Mm. That was like nine years, yeah. And I think because of the very long relationship, I I never really. Uh, went through all the transitional kind of you know periods in my life uh, by myself mm. so like when when things broke off and I found myself on my own uh, that that became like like wow you know it's like mm. it's a whole world out there uh, for myself to discover right and a lot of my own self internal self to discover as well right we're getting to the good part bro right now <laughs> <laughs> let's go man and and a lot of growth, I think, really came from that. Okay. Uh, all the way from, uh, you know, just learning to be alone, uh, learning, being comfortable, uh, you know, with the idea that, hey, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm on my own. I don't have to take care of any, of anybody. Uh, no one has to take care of me. Mm. And and almost relying on like the the support and the love of my friends. It's yeah. It, it's a. It was a really. For the lack of a better description, interesting journey, la, I, I think, in that in that in those years that I was uh, out of my first relationship. Um so I think I think that that was one one period in my life that where I grew a lot. And I I will actually attribute uh the period of COVID to a lot of growth as well. Yeah. So I think almost like in following that similar narrative of uh just learning to be alone, right? And uh, that's where I I found uh the idea of of meditation, yeah. But but in no in no like spiritual sense or anything, but more really just a a mental exercise, you know, just being able to uh to you know, just breathe and be present, and yeah. So the the person I I was re- reading a book, uh, rather the. The person that I was taking sort of like notes from, like, you know, this guy mm-hmm. called Sam Harris, right? He wrote the book. He's this neurologist, went to India, went under some guru for, for many years, uh, went back to America and, you know, had 
it became like a practitioner and an icon of uh, meditation and all this kind mm. of consciousness lah. Uh, never went so deep into the whole idea of like my consciousness melding into the universe and all these okay. things. Yeah, what's quite interesting is like, like he he did have an app where he, where you could download and there are like paid content. But at the same time, he always says on his podcast like, oh, you know, if uh if you find yourself in any financial situation where you cannot pay. You just email our stuff and they will give you the app for free. Yeah, so then I was like, I think that for me was like, oh, you know, well, this guy really is is out to not really make money. Lah. He's really out to spread the joy of whatever he's learned. And so I, I became one of those learners, right? So I, I listened to some of his podcasts. It's very interesting. He goes into extremely deep stuff. He even talks about like, psychedelics and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think during COVID, you know, quiet time, uh, just practicing meditation one day at a time, five minutes, ten minutes, and that that became an extremely pivotal point I think in my life because I I I think even though you know I just calm demeanor and whatever it is and my idea of what being level headed and all is, mm. uh, never really came together until I sat down and you know in a way just be still la. yeah and and slowly this this these things really. Uh, I I feel this, these practices have have sort of like in not not really instilled, but has uh, very nicely like like uh, you have a word for it uh, like the diffused okay. into my life into my lifestyle. Yeah, so I I think for me, yeah, you know, uh, and yeah, okay, so meditation mm. as a practice, and you know, in the whole narrative of an, an extension of how I, I learned and grew and, and discovered more about myself, right? Right. Yeah. And meditation also became sort of like a medium through which I, I did that. Mm. I think uh, if you if you practice meditation in any form, even just sitting down and breathing, right? Um, and then you realize that, wow, you know, our thoughts are really chaotic, really okay. wild. Yep. Yeah. And it, it's, it's so interesting to be able to like sit down and see where your mind kind of goes and how you need to almost like reach back and circle back, circle your mind back to it and be aware of that you are, you know, right. drifting in thoughts, that your mind is actually uh, in, in complete disarray, right? And and that for me became, you know, quite an essence of how I carry my life at this point. But yeah, you know, I mean, in, in the sense of of, of how I, I, I've dealt with, with things at, at this time in my life, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's the whole idea that, that, you know, things come around and go around. Mm. And you just, if you really just sit down and be still and, and understand that, you know, that there's, there's so much chaos always going on around and you really just can't control it. All you can do is really just circle the things back, be aware of it and just accept things for what they are. You know, that the sounds will keep going on, the sensations will keep going on. But, but yeah, you know, life goes on as well. And yeah, you, you kind of just really appreciate in that stillness, like yourself, for being where you are. And yeah, and for the friends, for being where they are around you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone has their own way of, you know, dealing with, with pain and loss. And yeah, you know, I, I can't even say much of, of about my own experience because... I know that there are so many people out there who have who have experienced so much so much more so much deeper so much more pain and and whatever it may be right mm. um 
but I guess in if there's anything I could say to to anyone who's who's feeling uh, any sense of loss in in any way, right? Mm. Is is really just to appreciate yourself. Mm. I, I think, I think of course it's a lot easier said than done. Um, you know, if if you find yourself in in a space where appreciation of self is is tough, that that in itself becomes all the struggle, right? And and yeah, but at the same time also, if I guess you know if you if if one can't appreciate themselves, then like who who else can they rely on, right? Yeah, there's a, there's only so much to an extent where where like your friends support and your friends love right. can can pull you through, but I I do believe that you know in, in this whole journey of of self discovery for all ourselves, uh, you know as as we as we deal with more things as we experience more things, um. At some point, you maybe we would, yeah, you know. At some point, we realize that that unless you drive your yourself forward, um, yeah, you know, people can only help you to the extent that you help yourself, I guess, in mm. in a way. So yeah, appreciation of oneself and an appreciation of of just of just you know your your own being in in where you are. Yeah, it's like. My my second brother said to me before oh, something that stuck to me, stuck with me or so. Uh, like he just told me like you know, uh, whatever outcome is the best outcome, because because it it simply is right. Even if it's shitty, mm. it, that's already the best that there could be at whatever given moment. And you know, and simply because again, in the the whole idea that we there are a lot of things that we can't control. Right. And where we are at this very moment, we absolutely can't control. Right. Right. If you turn, I rather I always tell myself like you know if I turn back the clock, go back ten years to a moment where I regretted, would I do anything different? I mean the mm. truth is is I won't lah because right. at the moment that was who I am and that's what I did right. Right. So you turn back the clock to where who I was again. That's what I was going. That's what I'm going definitely going to do again, right? right? So, and knowing that you know it's just kind of being at this point, yeah, you know appreciative. Mm. <laughs> with, with that uh, I have to thank you bro for coming down all the way uh, to do this podcast la. and uh, yeah man yeah thanks for having me bro alright yeah